Matthews got it. Rolls left. Looks, looks. Nowhere to go. Stafford fires. Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, baby. What a throw by Stafford. And what a job by Marvin Jones to get both feet down. He looked for all the world like Stafford had nowhere to go. But he found the smallest of openings and turned it into a touchdown. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 14th episode of the Motor City Misery Podcast, where we bring the brutal truth to your Michigan sports. Today, I'm joined again by Donovan Collins. Sorry, Don, I had a little bit of a hiatus. Um, no, you're good, man. We took care of business. Yes, you did. Um, how are you today? Doing all right. Uh, a little tired. We just got, I mean, we were just going over what just happened in the NBA, hard into the Nets, just talking about that a little bit. That's crazy. pretty. That's huge. I mean, oh, this this league is crazy. Another, it's just, dude. You you can literally go on NBA two K like ten years ago, not even ten years ago, like five years ago, and like do like your my team or whatever, you know, like franchise mode, um, and put these teams together. Like that's this is how ridiculous it sounds. Like that's how ridiculous it is right now. Kyrie, potentially, who knows what he's doing. Harden and KD on the same team, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, it's um, definitely didn't expect that to happen today, but you had to have seen a trade coming uh, for James Harden pretty soon. Yeah, definitely after what he said yesterday. But, dude, Harden's played played with Westbrook last year, and now uh, he's back with KD, both in their prime, too. Like, he's not a sixth man anymore. He's he's that guy. So this, they, he's back they with be the best player in the world. Watch. Best yeah. player in the world, Kevin Durant. A lot of people will disagree with that. Um, I might disagree with you on that, but that's an, that's an argument for another time. We'll save that. We'll save that. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. Lions GM and head coach search. Um, it is going pretty hectic right now. You know Lots what? Lots of interviews being had. Um, yes, I like according, that. According to – yeah, I do like that too. I mean, it really shows that the team is really trying to find the right guy rather than hopping right into it. Like, Yeah, they're leaving, no, they're leaving no stone unturned. They're leaving no stone unturned. They're looking at every little possibility. Which I like. I like that a lot. Yes. But according to Adam Schefter, Brad Holmes is the leading candidate for the Vegas general manager position here in Detroit. Don, uh-huh. how, do you, how do you feel about that? Don't know much about him, but coming from the Rams, um, I think he was a what, player personnel guy over there, right? He was the director of college scouting, I believe. College scouting? Okay, okay. So, I mean, you see – I think he's got a pretty good resume for himself, don't you think? Um, from who he's brought in there, um, you know, you brought in Todd Gurley. You brought it well, obviously, you know, not as good as he once was with the injury, but I mean, you drafted possibly the best defensive player of all time in Aaron Donald. You know, um, you got it, and you got some good, solid guys that you brought in from the draft and have done well for you. So I think his resume speaks for himself. And, you know, that's only that's only a little bit of what he can probably touch. You know, he, he remember, director of college scouting. So he's probably had his input on, you know, obviously all the college scouting. But now he's probably wanted to say something or, you know, potentially make some moves with free agency, guys in the team, you know, all that stuff. Um, so – I'm on board with – I think I'm on board with it. Again, I do not know much about it, but I think, his re, again, his resume speaks for himself. Look look at the guys he's drafted, and look how the Rams are doing right now. They compete every year, um, and they're going to be competing in a divisional game this weekend. 
you look at their defense and you look at the Lions defense and they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And they bring in guys and and they bring in talent through trades uh, like they did with Jalen Ramsey, which is something I'd like to see here in Detroit where you go out and you get that big name guy and you get that guy that's going to take your defense to the next step and the next level in in terms of competition, which is something the Lions and Bob Quinn never did. And Mm -hmm. unless he was a Patriot, of course. Of course, um, yeah. But you know what, Gavin? Not, we shouldn't, like, obviously at the end of the day, we don't want to compare ourselves to the Rams, too, like, defensively. Like, obviously, like, the goal is to probably get to where they're at or maybe even better. But think about if we had just an at, like, something an like half defense. of that defense. You know what I mean? Half of what they do on defense. Um, I think the line. I think the Lions win more than five games this year, for sure. I think they compete maybe for a wild card. Um, because you gotta remember this team. Listen, this team the last three years, um, were statistically and in history one of the worst defenses to ever play in the NFL. Like they were worse than that 0 16 team from 2008. Statistically, they gave up 32 points per game. Talked about it last week on the pod. So if we can cut all those mis, all those mistakes, all those personnel guys, all the scheme and in half and bring in, you know, good guy, good guys that can fit into what you want to do defensively with whoever the coach is. And I'm hoping that maybe they do hire a GM right before they hire a coach. But again, I, that's probably not what they're going to do, which is what, what it makes the most sense to do, but they're probably not going to do. Um, they'll be able to compete and we'll probably talk about, talk about it more, but um, I think it will help. This team, this team from not rebuilding but retooling, because I think personally, like that, if we rebuild, it's just probably not even going to take longer. I'm not that I'm impatient or anything, which I am, but I don't think we are that deep in the dumpster to where we have to completely, I think, rebuild. And I think bringing him in, getting a couple draft picks. Being able to bring in a couple guys defensively is going to help this team because you obviously know the offense can put up points, but when you're giving up what 37 points to the Vikings without Delvin Cook, I mean, come on. I mean, you look at it like this of course, you don't want to compare ourselves to the Rams. I'm sick of the comparisons in general. No, you can't. You cannot. I'm sick of, yeah, I'm, I agree with that. I'm sick of the, let's make our own brand here. Yes, I'm sick of the comparisons. Okay with not just players on this team, because you can't compare players on this team with other players. Like we were talking about it, me and you, and like in our little group chat that we have with Baker Mayfield and Matt Stafford. You can't compare the two. I think obviously two were not good organizations at the time when they got drafted, but the Browns have done a tremendous job of bringing in talent. Um, And not just from the draft, but from free agency, and they brought and have a good head coach. And you can't compare that with Matthew Stafford because this organization as a whole has failed him. And they've, and they've proven that with Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. And not, I'm not trying to get off topic, but we should not – it all goes back to not comparing ourselves to the Rams, the Browns, any other team. Because this organization as a whole has failed entirely for the past 50 years. And hopefully with this new hiring of coach and GM can start their own, you know – the Detroit way, not the Patriot way or the Los Angeles Rams standard, but the Detroit standard. Hopefully we can start that here. 
Yeah, you can hope, but, um, you know, that all starts with who we bring in at general manager and head coach. And also, according to Matt, Adam Schefter, Robert Sawa is headed straight to Philly today after his interview with the Jets for the Eagles head coaching vacancy. And that kind of scares me because that's someone I know you had talked about. You had wanted him. I do. I wanted him. Um, um, so that kind of sucks. But who knows? The, the search isn't over yet. It, so it's, not, really... it's not. It's not. I, a lot of people – I think I, I fit in with a lot of people that want him. And I think I fit in with him for different reasons, but not be not just because obviously, you know, he's from Dearborn, you know, it, it just kind of fits in to where, you know, he's a good defense and all that. But it, it's more than that. I talked a little bit la- last week on the pod, like from other different coaches, like, guys, this guy, this guy had a very good defense with multiple people out. And the difference between him and a lot of other corners or, you know, assistant coaches and everything, he did his thing. Shanahan let him, he's like, Shanahan was like, you know what? I'll take, like, I'll take this side. You take that side. I'm not going to mess with what you're doing. Cause you're doing a good job. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he did, like he let Salah do his own thing and look what happened. They compete, they competed. They have a great defense. And I think that like when you compare him to Eric Bieniemy. Um, like I talked about last week again, we all know Andy Reid is the mastermind in, in the Kansas City Chiefs. Like he's he'll have final say, and you know he he runs that offense. He tell he knows what's going to go on. He calls the plays, everything for them, and that's why I think. And the players have stuck up for him too in in San Francisco too. You know they call they call him a great coach, and that he's worthy of this job. And I think that. Everything should be pointed to we we should get Salah. I it just I just think it fits. Now am I not ruling am I ruling out everybody else from not being a good candidate? No, I'm not. I just think he is the best candidate right now. No, for sure. I think that he is the best candidate. And when you look at other candidates, you kind of compare them and their history, their backgrounds. I think Salah stands out the most to me, and I know he does to you too. So that's who I hope to see bring them them bring in. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes it always doesn't always work out. Obviously, you wanted uh, Louis Riddick at GM, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Either. I mean, so that, uh, we'll see. I I wanted Louis Riddick from the start. I, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of off board. I'm, I'm still fine with them. Just because it gives you a fresh a fresh start. No, I, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, I, yeah. That's kind of, and you've said that. Yeah, that's the that's literally the only reason you 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 need a fresh start here. Okay, if you want to build this Detroit, you know, Detroit standard, Detroit way, you need a fresh start, and I think that's what he could potentially give a team. But maybe at Dodds, you know, Dodds came up. Uh, was it two days ago? Yesterday? I forgot when it was, yeah. but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't mind him. Um, but a coach Salah's the guy that I wanted. If we don't get him, I hope we get probably Dan Campbell, maybe, probably. Um, but we'll see. Well, their coaches are still going to be figured out through multiple other teams. But I think Philly and the Jets are probably going to take a big stab at Salah. Yeah, but I don't know, man. It just—it's hard to imagine him not coming to Detroit. I think you, I would think that you'd want to, right? Why the why? Why would you go to the Jets? The Jets. I would. He, you have a Philly. I could understand Philly. I could understand. Yeah, I can understand that too. That's a storied franchise with a young talent at quarterback in Jalen Hurts. 
with some young solid pieces and some solid picks they brought in. Mm-hmm. You know, I can understand that. But I think I I could understand that. But if you're gonna, but if you're in his shoes and you want to, because you want to challenge yourself, I think you want to go into something like you know I could really do something here, right? Um, then I I go to Detroit. Exactly. I, this I, was I, the worst defensive team last year, and you were a D coordinator. Why would you not want to go in there? And although probably the fear of you know ruining careers is probably there, why would you not want to go home and say, look, I can. I can do my dream job here, right? I can, I can, I can make an impact here. There is nowhere they can go but up from last year's defense, and him coming in at what he's done and his resume. I think, I think the sky can be the limit for him. Um, you got, you got potentially coming into Matthew Stafford, you know, a veteran quarterback. Who's done more than his due diligence here, and I'm I don't know if he's going to be traded or not. And you got some young pieces on offense, and I don't think you really have to worry about the offense that much because they've again they've proven they could put up points. Um, but you can come in and make an immediate impact on this defense, and maybe maybe he brings in a couple guys from around the league. You know, they want to play for Salah again. You never know. You do. You never know. Let's uh let's transition into Michigan State basketball for the time being. Um, I'm a little confused at what's going on with this team, Don. <laughs> you know, they they open up the season. Uh, I think that they're going to make a Final Four run. Now they're unranked. So um, their last game resulted in a loss to Purdue. They yep. threw the game. At the they end. did. They threw the game. They Now they're unranked. They paid the price. They deserve to be unranked. Yep. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know what's happening. But, I mean, I mean, you can only go up from here. I mean, this is Michigan State basketball. This isn't a joke. I think they struggle. I think no. they're struggling a little bit right now. Yeah, but I think they'll. I think they'll find. I. I think they'll find their way around. Um. You, listen, this team, Tom Izzo's teams have always gone on a little skid. Uh, they've definitely had three game lo- losses in a row, like the last couple of years. Um, they're gonna go on skids, but I think. Remember, this guy. This is the same guy that figures it out. You know, late January. February, early March, and the next thing you know, they're big, big ten championship uh, tournament, and they're in the final four for that. Make it some noise, and they end up in the big ten championship. They've they've done that. They've done all that before, you know. Um, and they got they have some veterans on that team. They got some sophomores, juniors. I think there's, and the more I think the more more leadership and the more you know experience that they have as a team and down the long run will pay out for them because they've done it before and i i'm not too worried about i think i think you should start to get worried if they're playing this same way two three weeks from now that's where i really think you should get worried start to worry a little bit but right now let's see how they play against iowa if they compete you know, if it's a closer game than what people think, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game tomorrow. I think that they have a chance to win, but just basing on how they played versus Purdue, I just – I don't know. Some, it just doesn't sit right with me. But I don't know. They uh, they play tomorrow, tip-off set for 907, so that's going to be exciting to watch. I'm excited. Michigan basketball, on the other hand, is on the polar opposite end of the They spectrum. kicked – 
They're with yeah, last night, and they are proving yep. to be a very, very powerhouse legit team. When there was much speculation after last year and coming into this year, and guys, Hunter Dickinson is uh, he's pretty good, and he he opens up that team offensively to heights that um that are probably not what was projected uh, at the beginning of the season. And defensively, I mean, what was the score? At some point last night, it was like 62 to 26 or something like that. They railed them. Dude. Like, they, they definitely guys, this team, this team is legit. And Hunter Dickinson leads the team with 17.5 points per game. He's a stud. Yes. He's a stud. This, this, team, this team is a good shot right now. Um, at making a good run, although I I don't know who's going to beat Gonzaga right now, and I I can't tell you if Michigan has a chance to beat Gonzaga right now because I got to watch a little, little bit more on them to kind of figure out who they are. Even though they're they played played really well in Wisconsin, definitely boost their uh, I don't know how you would say it, but their kind of gauge on if they can compete with Gonzaga. But but the only people I'd probably put in that, you know, that could compete is Iowa and Michigan. And I want to see both of them play each other, and I want to see a little bit more Gonzaga to see if, uh, you know, they can't – you know, if it's worth watching, you know, that – because I think in the national championship game, I think Michigan or Iowa could very much be in that race because they – every game they play with consistency – and they play, they play smart, they play hard, and I just think I don't know who's going to beat Gonzaga unless they have a very bad day at some point during the tournament. Um, but right now, yeah, Michigan, Michigan's definitely up there for one of those people that can overcome. And you know, I say I say they have a pretty like okay percentage on winning it all this year. I would say so. The, it's up yeah, there. I mean, Wisconsin guys, there. Wisconsin. That's a tough team. That's a scene. That's a that's a, yes. Those are the toughest teams to beat in at any state like of college basketball. Whether it's you know beginning of the season tournament, whether it's the conference championship of any conference, and in the March Madness tournament, the Wisconsin's tough, and they they took care of business. You know, I think – I forgot when they play, but Michigan and Michigan State, um, I think in about a month. Let me look it up. I think they do play in February, I believe. They play – Michigan plays Minnesota on Saturday. Yeah, they play They play, uh, February 6th. Yep, February 6th. That's going to be a good – I think that's going to be a good game. I think we have a chance to win that game just because – it's one of those things where it's an in-state rival. Anything could happen. Same with football. We saw it this year. We were not supposed to win that game. Um, it, it's going to be a good yeah, game. Yeah, no, it's always going to get there. When you get Michigan, Michigan State, there's always, it's always going to be competitive. You know that by now. It's been happening for years. But if Michigan can walk away with a one loss at at most – they have a serious like can they they 
I mean, they're, they're serious <laughs> about yeah. like they could win it all, and especially in the Big Ten, the the, the best conference in basketball this year. And I don't think that can be argued because this is a very, very competitive and hard, like defense. Uh, and even, even more this year, the offense has exploded. I think on every single team. And um, God, this this Big Ten. I think whoever comes out of the Big Ten wins the Big Ten championship. Wins the Big Ten regular season. Definitely should be a very good favorite to winning it all this year. Let's transition into the Detroit Pistons basketball. Uh, something that you were very passionate yes, about in the last pod about about tanking. Um, you know, at the rate we're at, we're setting ourselves up for a top three pick, which is good. But I know how you feel about tanking, and after you kind of give your take, I know you talked about it a lot in the last pod, so you don't have to go too mm-hmm. deep into it um, if you don't want to. But I'll give you my take. I don't know how I really feel about it, but you know, kind of reiterate what you were talking about in the last pod. So I, I'm a competitive person. I think a lot of people like to compete and even in the smallest things. Um, tanking is just not part of like what I obviously understand if you tank, if you, if you suck. I mean, I can understand that, but I, I'm not all for tanking. I'm very competitive. I want, I want to win. I want to put the best. I think every season you should put the best team you can on the floor and do your best because in any sport, exactly really. because if you think about it, how can you how can you see yourself lining up in the next couple of years if you have no guys, um, like if you tank and just have these guys not play more, get better, and see what you have going in the next year, um, and just kind of getting an outlook on where your team is at as a whole, from coaching to the GM to everything, um, so tanking purpose. I don't think people tank purposely. I think people probably set themselves up. Teams set themselves up for not having the best team. But I don't think Troy Weaver is doing that here. I really think that he tried his best putting the best team on best team on the floor that they could for a Detroit standard team for, you know, we're not a big powerhouse, you know, New York, California, Florida. Like we, people don't come here to play. Right, we're we're we don't get that attraction, but I really think he did his best putting the team putting a team because they compete in every single game, and I think if you watch the Pistons, you can see that um, they beat the Suns. They competed to the Jazz the very last minute. I mean, they, these aren't these aren't fluke games. They compete every game, and they'll they'll compete a little bit again. Even though it's against the Bucks tonight, they'll compete. I think they'll hang in there for most of the game. Bucks will pull away at some point, but t- but tanking, I'm against. I can, but I totally understand. I totally understand it because you want to get that you know good pick from next year's draft and bring in that talent to boost your team. And tanking, I'm against because I don't think it gives you the best outlook on what your team has to offer for the next couple of years. So I'm not really for tanking. And, 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 and how I'm are not... you going to bring in people if you just keep tanking? You know what I mean? Like, oh, bad year. Let's yeah. tank next year. You know what I mean? But go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not in. really. Oh, no, you're good. I'm not really for tanking per se, but I get 
I guess I'm for putting a roster out there and trying to revamp this team for the future of the franchise, which I totally get. Which I think, which I think that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, and even in terms of football, I think it's damn near impossible to take the football guys, just because you have guys out there. Basketball and NFL are totally different, and I think people need to understand that, especially when it comes to anything like tanking. Yeah. So I'm not against – I am against tanking, but I'm not against putting a team out there that's setting yeah. yourself up for failure, um, if that makes no, sense. No, no, I totally, I totally understand that. Because, like you said, like back to – for the NBA, you can trade a couple guys and you're – you know, you could probably have one star player, then your bench is terrible. But the NFL, man, those guys are – those guys' jobs aren't – like, they aren't certain – they aren't certain. Like the NBA, like NBA, you could probably stick around for a couple of years. These these guys, you can be gone in a second. Like there's 53 guys on the roster, and look, look how many guys are on a roster for all these NCAA Division One football teams all over the you know United States, and that's why that's why I think tanking in the NFL is probably a little bit harder than the NBA as well. No doubt, no doubt. But looking at this roster, I mean, obviously Jeremy Grant. Best player, Killian Hayes out for almost probably the season. Um, we'll see about that if he gets surgery. It, still nothing said about that. Yeah, I haven't seen anything either. I don't know. I I, I like the place where I at. do too because we team. compete and we though we lose we compete every game. But I do think they're going to hit a stretch where they win a couple games to get hot this season, and probably everybody won't be on board with that because. Listen, there's going to be games where the ball doesn't go in your favor, and that, that's probably been happening a little bit earlier this season. But they, but go look at the box scores. Go look at every single game. Look, at, Go watch a game. They've competed every single game, guys. And I think once this team starts building a little bit more chemistry, playing together and playing a little bit harder for each other, they're going to, they're going to pull out a couple wins in a row. Yeah. Um, I mean, we played tonight versus the Bucks, so it's going to be probably going to lose that interesting game. to see how that plays out. <laughs> Oh, no doubt, but it's going to be interesting to see yeah. how they play again against them. Um, tomorrow, Don, is a new era. I wouldn't say new era, but it's a new season of Detroit Red Wings hockey. I'm excited. Dude, even though I'm not – even though I'm not the biggest hockey guy, I think people can look forward to this Red Wings team based on moves that have been made um, with – you know, the captain at our uh, GM spot and making good moves for this team. They're young. They're kind of like the Tigers in a way, but they're young and they're getting better, and we'll see where they're at this season. Last season was tough. Team finished 17-49-5, finishing last in the NBA. Yeah, they should have got They should have um, got a, what, first-round pick, right? They should have got the first pick of the draft. Yeah, they ended up getting the fourth in which they drafted Lucas mm-hmm. Raymond um, forward out of Sweden, yeah. I believe. So, I mean, there's upside. Yes, in this there team, is. Man. There's a lot of talent. That There's a lot of young talent. And like yourself, I'm not the biggest hockey guy, but damn it. I'm no, I am too, because, especially with not much going on. Because, exactly. And I, I've always wanted to get into hockey. I just never had, really had, you know, I guess. Not time, time, but like, I it. guess kind of like motivated motivated to like try yeah Yeah. like i've always i've always had it in the back of my head like oh i want to get into hockey this year and then i'm just like "Eh, i don't know 
But this year, that's going to change, especially with what we're doing with the Motor City Misery podcast. We're going to need to know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's going to be something that we're both going to try to get into. And um, I'm not going to sit here and say we're, we're going to become experts by the end of the season, but I mean, something <laughs> we're going to be more knowledgeable at least. So it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited. Um, I don't know. If we open up the season tomorrow against the Carolina Hurricanes. They look. Yeah, I'll be watching too. They look to get, start the season on the right foot. Um, put last season behind us and realize, hey, we have a boatload of young talent waiting to be unleashed. On yep. Food, so. Yep. Yep. I can't. I love watching the young talent, and I can't wait. Hopefully, a little bit learn more, learn a little bit more about hockey and um, how this team's going to be. Yes, sir. Well, listen, Don, I appreciate you coming on again. Thank you guys for listening to the very end. Um, Stay tuned for another episode. This will air tonight or tomorrow morning, um, depending on when the software wants to finish (laughs) updating it. And we will see you guys next week for another episode. All right.